0: This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 255 of The Real Word.
1: Word is up.
0: We got a lot. We got EXP. We yep. haven't talked about EXP in a while. I'm excited for this <sighs> lead topic with EXP. Get okay. in the chat group. Hit the thumbs up if you want to hear about it. Chat group? Yeah, or the, ch- the comments. Get into the comments. The chat Nicole.
1: group. Are you I'm chatting? I'm so used back? to
0: doing these live videos now. I think they're like, are There's they chat groups chat group? on a live video? You know, there's all these comments in a live video. on YouTube. No, I hear
1: but like, are we chat? i just didn't know if you were chatting back. Now you're misleading the, the public here.
0: Okay. I will, I will get into the comments after the show. <laughs> Let me know how you feel. Definitely hit the thumbs up. Uh, we've got consumer confidence. I, I dove into that a little bit on the hot sheet today. You and I are going to go deep on what that means. What we're hearing from agents mm-hmm. on the ground floor.
1: That's your, uh, this is your first week of the hot sheet, right? How how's it, how's it going? You feel good well, about it's it? It's
0: live, it's intense. you- Feel I'll stretched tell
1: you, out. You feel good? Every it's every day. It's like it's
0: it's every night day, 9 30 Eastern time. It's on this channel. Subscribe so you don't miss one of them. Yeah. And it's live. So you can't screw it up. You know, it you gotta go. You gotta, gotta go, go. And, and, it's, and it's, you gotta be
1: ready. Like, what if you're ill? Like, what if you're sick? Like, what happens? Is there like a Well, I, I told you
0: I'm not getting sick in twenty three. I gave up getting sick. Right. Okay. I left that behind in twenty two. Good. So i won't okay. be getting sick of course I wish don't, you... try to, don't try to jinx me Luck on nicole that. you're yeah. you're like the king of the hot king. sheets or the queen <laughs> what would you rather be would you rather be a king or a queen
1: uh i don't know i guess it depends on uh can yeah. a female
0: be a king I, i'm certain in 23 no. a female can no, be a, anything a female, she wants to be you'd
1: be a queen well we can all be whatever we want to be right that's isn't right that what they, isn't that what so they i tell could us? be a
0: queen you could mm-hmm. be the king
1: yes all
0: right yep would you so,
1: I'll be the king of hot sheets. I'm good with it.
0: Yeah. So you would agree that just although yeah, at your you hot could be the sheet, king,
1: you could be the king of your hot sheet and I could be the queen of my hot sheet.
0: I'll be the king of the industry hot sheet. You're the queen of the local market hot sheet. Hot sheet. Yeah. But every great agent that pays attention to their local hot sheet has a great understanding in a 24 hour period of what's going on, and that's what the hot sheet is for the industry. So check that out. It. That's nine thirty every day. But let's get into racket number one here on the word. Inman article, EXP founder Glenn Sanford speaks out on lull in agent count growth. So he did a an interview with Real Trends. Uh, and and Inman apparently covered that that interview. So EXP mm-hmm. World Holdings founder Glenn Sanford said, uh, the tumultuous housing market was a factor in him stepping back into the role of CEO at EXP Realty and the firm's sluggish agent count growth. We're going to get into the agent count growth. I have a hypothesis. Uh, hypothesis, hypotheses. Yeah. Do it, do <laughs> a hypothesis it. Hypothesis on what the agent count growth, why it's been sluggish. It's gone up in a year, so I yep. I, I don't know that everybody can say that. We're gonna get into that. I want to address his comments here that the housing market mm-hmm. was a factor, not only in him stepping back as the CEO, mm-hmm. but for their their sluggish agent count. Okay, let, let's go to his direct. Uh comment. Okay. So I think if the market, this is Glenn Sanford, CEO of EXP. I think if the market was continuing to be really robust, things would be different. Talking about the agent count. It's hard to understand the impact you're having on an organization when things are going really well. I heard a, a CNBC squawk box um interview with Robert Revkin, an who is the CEO and founder of Compass. Yep. Nicole. Yep. I'm just gonna play it on. You got to listen to this. This is the same thing Glenn just said.
1: Oh, co-founder and CEO. Robert, great to have you back here with Glad us. to be here. All right, let's talk about the layoffs. Third round, what's involved, and how does this move you towards that cash flow positive goal that you've stated for the middle of this year?
0: So we had uh, announced expense reductions last week. I think it's worth noting if we would have done that a year earlier, we would have been free cash flow positive last year. Uh, and if the market would have grown last year as expected, we would have been free conscious positive. What happened is the If, here. if, 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 this, if that, if this, if that, if the market had grown, we'd yeah. be fine. We'd, I say that every time I do my taxes. taxes.
1: If I didn't go out to dinner so much, <laughs> I, like. <laughs>
0: if Listen, I'd be so much more profitable if the government didn't steal all my money. Of yes, course, right? Yes, yes. And Glenn says the same thing. Oh, if the market continued to just be abnorma- abnormally, abnormally, crazy, like a real estate market we've never seen year over year, then yeah, I'm going to keep adding agents. Everybody's going to get into the industry and things are going to be really well. These are two very smart people saying really dumb things. Glenn Sanford and Robert Revkin saying the same thing. Well, I
1: wouldn't say dumb. I would say obvious things.
0: No, no. These are pretty dumb things (laughs) for people in their position to be saying. Glenn Sanford, EXP CEO, and Robert Revkin I mean I could get on CNBC and say something to your point that obvious this isn't I I don't want I don't want to be investing in a stock when the CEO says well if I laid off a year ago okay well you should have seen that coming and if I uh you know had a market that was continuing to accelerate then we'd be free cash flow positive right now uh, you're supposed to be somebody who's driving the ship you were given given you raised hundreds of millions of dollars to build the greatest brokerage of all time. And you're saying, well, if the market was great, I wouldn't be in this position, I wouldn't be in trouble. Our stock wouldn't be tanking. And we're gonna both, Glenn Sanford EXP and Robert Revkin blame our company's ability to grow during these times on a market that was abnormal and now has slowed down. That's silly to me. Okay, I, I, I Nicole, you and I both mm-hmm. know there's gonna be teams in this market in 2023 there's going to be small independent brokers and there's going to be some brokers that are going to raise their agent count that are going to grow now exp to their credit they did grow their agent count okay so let's get to the lull uh glenn sanford on monday acknowledged that his company's experienced a low a lull in agent count growth and said that the market downturn was the factor uh, but those numbers nicole are still an increase from last year so he said that he currently has 86,000 agents uh the number represents years of rapid growth and is up from 78,196 agents at the end of quarter one, 2022. So still an increase, but it's well short of his projection in April, 2022, when he estimated the company would end the year with more than a hundred thousand agents. So Nicole, why has EXPs agent count growth stopped? Is it the market? is it something else what's your opinion uh well
1: i'm I'm just sort of going off of what i'm seeing on honestly on social media i I follow a lot of exp agents and they seem to be fleeing with lots of people on their side to 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 real honestly Um, there and, and we're not talking about one state, we're talking about multiple states. Um, and then we're talking about, again, lots of pe- like teams, big mega teams that are moving out of EXP into into real. I've been seeing it more times than I haven't, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Uh, think about it. I've seen the same thing. Yeah. Every day, it seems a new announcement for a pretty big, sizable name team yes. or, or, you know, agent producer in the industry going to real brokerage and okay? people that you
1: thought that would never leave yeah are and, leaving. and then
0: you say okay where, where were they before i forget uh and you look and it's like oh another one left from exp yeah to real right interesting well mm-hmm. let's think about it when when you get to the size that exp did in a short period of time fastest growing brokerage done a great job getting agents um to buy into their culture to buy into the way that they do business um okay so you've got now 86 000. you don't see this do you see the shape I'm making? you know yeah if you're on like youtube a, you see i'm like making it like
1: a triangle
0: i'm making a triangular pyramid yeah. type of shape yeah uh doesn't mean a pyramid does not mean it's a scheme here this is no. not sbf this isn't bernie this is just just a Ooh, shape, did you watch okay? that did
1: you have you watched that on uh, netflix yet
0: the bernie madoff one yes oh so good yeah that was so good
1: he's a he was a gangster man like for like decades you, you think he
0: was good you like it
1: decades I mean why because he was doing hundreds of billions of dollars <laughs> I didn't think it went was good I called him a gangster like he was just
0: and a then bad the of, gangster and then
1: the amount of money he had left at the end he's like oh I'm just gonna bonus everybody out with the leftover 300 million I like the whole thing. it's just it's insane I feel bad for his children I feel bad for his his wife that is the only one that's still left alive of that whole debacle. But anyway, we Nicole, digress. Nicole, I
0: grew up listening to Tupac and Snoop Dogg. So when I when I hear the word gangster, I yeah. think of it as a positive thing. But you okay. were using it in a negative.
1: Well, I no. just I mean, it's like a like a hoodlum. I mean, he was uh, OK. They
0: <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore either.
1: No, I don't know it's what I'm allowed to say gangster, anymore, but... but he was definitely it was I mean, but everybody trusted him. Everybody loved him. Um. Anyway, if you guys haven't watched it, you got to watch it
0: back to EXP. Yes. And if you're if you're in a company, if you're joining EXP when they're eighty six, eighty seven thousand agents, you're being sold this dream of a downline, which is, you know, the same thing they're selling at real right now. And I've been on record saying and I want to repeat tons of friends at EXP. I think they're doing a fabulous job and I love uh, what what real has been doing. And they're building a a very unique culture. And that's why people are going over there at a, a very fast rate. And it's something significant in this industry any brokers that are poo-pooing what's happening at real or exp obviously to this point has proven out you know have their eyes closed okay so but if you're joining today or if you joined in the last two years with this dream of you know building your own downline and you know becoming independently wealthy without ever having to sell a house when you're at the bottom of eighty-six thousand plus agents you quickly realize that there is absolutely no chance in hell that I'm ever going to create a significant income stream off of RevShare like the top 10, 15, 25% of original EXP agents, like the downline that they built. It's just not going to happen, okay? And so now you're seeing people that have been at eXp for a while say, okay, well, I like this idea still. I still like the dream of building a downline that's significant enough where I never have to sell a house, Right, and they're switching over to real. I've seen teams that have brought their whole team from one indie or one brokerage, whatever, wherever they were, to exp then they're convincing their whole team okay listen the dream is actually real over here we, we can do it at real and now yeah. they're going to real and they're chasing this down line yep. and everybody is getting wrapped up into this okay recruit 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 you know it's multi-level marketing it's all good it's a great model it's working for a lot of agents and i think a it's fantastic yep if you're tim macy and you own 50 percent of real's revenue share you're you're doing the macarena baby you love you it
1: really are yep. Tim's
0: a friend so yep. congrats to him hats off yep. to him i love it but if you're not in early on exp if you're not in early on real you quickly realize that there isn't this enormous life-changing revenue stream that you can capitalize on especially in a, in a stock market like now where you know the stocks are both you know way down from from their peaks right right And you realize, okay, I do got to sell houses or people (laughs) in my downline need to, that I do have need to sell houses. And as agents are getting out of the business, maybe that's diluting a downline. And so I do think that there's a lot of factors at play. I I believe that EXP as a first mover on this could be the Coca-Cola to Reels Pepsi. But if we continue to see a whole bunch of EXP agents move over to Reel, that remains to be seen who's the power player I'd love your comments if you're exp or if you're real trust me i'd love to get a bam debate going between you love which- the you love the debates i mean That's, i love the open format conversation for sure yeah i think it was scap it was a great thing when we did the appraisal one yes i'd love to do one with exp and real where i'm not actually debating i think just moderating and looking at the two models if you're at exp or real you believe that you know th- this is the best model in the industry. And right. if you talk to somebody at real or exp, they say, well, our model's different. Mm, I don't know. How different. But let me know in the comments how different are these models? Um, what do you believe that, you know, the the lull for EXP has to do with? I think it has a lot to do with real gaining momentum. Right. Um, do you think like Glenn says it has to do more with the market? You know, and I think that part of that could be true, just agents getting out mm-hmm. of the market overall because the EXP and real you know, can attract more of a, not as committed solo agent. Certainly they, they attract a lot of committed teams, but maybe not as, uh, you know, committed solo agent that they might have the likelihood to get out. Um, do you think that at exp Glenn, not being the CEO and, you know, going out and buying magazines and such as has, you know has been the issue I, I i'm just throwing a whole bunch of stuff right. against well, the wall love like your thoughts in the comments they're
1: potentially throwing a whole bunch of stuff against the wall too <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah and so all right we'll 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 see what happens there love love your thoughts uh on that on why i i do think for sure just to, to finish up where we started that any ceo that blames their projections falling short on a market that has slowed they certainly weren't listening to any BAM content because I was talking about a cold war in quarter one of 2022. I first guessed it long before any of these guys could get their head out of the sand. So be more realistic on your projections moving forward in as it relates to market dynamics. Um, I think blaming a market that stopped accelerating as the problem is a complete and utter racket. Total racket. Racket number two, CNBC. Consumer confidence in housing finally rises thanks to falling home prices, okay? Uh, Monthly housing sentiment from Fannie Mae showed sentiment improving from November to December. We've talked about this a little bit on The Real World in the past where it continued to decline. Now it is actually uh, showing some positive signs. The share of respondents saying now is a good time to buy a home was still low at just 21%, but it was up from 16% in October to November. Hit the thumbs up right now on YouTube. If your consumers are more confident than they have been in the last six months of 22, love your opinions on that. More consumers now believe home prices will fall in the next 12 months. So they think that affordability is going to be positive for them. Uh, and more say so that they believe mortgage rates will also come down. Nicole on the hot sheet this morning, I quickly went over a couple stats. UBS analyst, John uh, Lavallo, he, he had a survey that UBS puts out every single month, 39% of respondents in that survey plan to buy a home, and this video is in the article for CNBC, which we'll link yep. up. 39% of respondents, so that's two out of five people, Nicole, yep. that were surveyed, plan to buy a home in the next 12 months, okay? That level has only been surpassed once, and that was back in 2014, since they started conducting the survey. 70% of uh, respondents believe finding an affordable home would be somewhat too very easy. That being said, so, so they might be in line with this Fannie Mae survey where they say, okay, prices are likely to drop, yep. okay? That being said, most homeowners believe that their price value isn't going down. Okay. So you have buyers that are are believing that we're going to see a a significant drop in home prices where they're going to be able to come in and get something more affordable in 2023, despite the fact that rates are probably going to be in the high fives or low sixes. Right. Right. But then you have homeowners that say, no, no, my home value is not going to go anywhere. Anywhere. Let's talk about ground level here. Love your, your, comments as well on this as me and Nicole dive into it. I saw some signs as we got out of December, early, we're we're 10 days into January, okay? Mm -hmm. I saw some signs in the first 10 days of January that there is real pent up demand, that people are making significant offers. I want you to speak to this, significant offers, Mm -hmm. as if it was a spring market right now, first 10 days of January, despite the fact that rates are at 6%, Nicole, what are agents telling you? What are you seeing in your personal business yeah. right now in the, in just first 10 days of January?
1: I will say personally, I don't think my business has ever been busier in the first 10 days of January than they have these last 10 days. More
0: so than 22?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. I feel like January of 22, yeah, for me, again, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm probably not the best temperature gauge I mean, that's here. just one sample. Yeah. What about but, agents
0: conversations um, you're having with agents?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, we can even see it, though, from our daily under contracts. I mean, mm-hmm. December was bleak. And again, these last I think we've had more under contract in these first 10 days of January than we did of all of the month of December so far. Um people are people again people are people are out people are looking people are wanting properties that have been under contract or have been on the market for a while are now finally going under contract um i have seen a few homes that have had a few price adjustments and that was sort of just what it needed in order to sell i think though that obviously that they were clearly wildly overpriced. Um, what
0: price ranges are you seeing uh, price adjustments um,
1: So I just, one that was at six and went down to 575 and then had multiple offers. So well offers. above the median
0: price point in Oh, for sure.
1: And then I just put one under contract. It was on the market for 550 and we had to above. go, we had to, we had to go over $20,000 over list price. Yep, there was yeah. four offers in on that one. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, again, I, it obviously is tending to be more of that move up buyer. Um, people are, uh, the, 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 family I'm working with has been renting for 11 years and they're just, their kids are in middle school and they like want to get into a house. Well, so- when you
0: hear that 39% of respondents to the survey plan to buy a house in the next 12 months regardless. And that this level, uh, you know, has not been surpassed since 2014. It shows you despite the mortgage rates continuing to go up and obviously they've come down over the last six weeks overall uh despite them being in the low sixes as we sit here today and potentially the high fives for some qualifiers and maybe we're going to be sitting in in the high fives or fives for most of 2023 which would be a welcome sign to a lot of buyers despite all of that two out of five people say i still want to buy a home there's incredible demand still today, even after all the transactions we saw during COVID for buyers, home shoppers to go and secure a house in 2023. To your point, they don't want to wait any longer. No, I I spoke to Lisa Chinati, who has uh, the number one team in Massachusetts. I spoke to some of our agents, the number one team in Connecticut, right? And this is just the Northeast. So this is a small little sample.
1: Very small sample.
0: But Multiple offer situations mm-hmm. anywhere near the median price point this past weekend were rampant. Yeah. It wasn't just a one off, it was multiple scenarios talking to agents where it's like, hey, putting an offer came in third place. Put an offer, uh, didn't get it. We were we went forty thousand over ask and didn't get it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. These are 2022 first half conversations.
1: Yeah. Oh, are you yeah. talking
0: multiple offers? I mean, we waived,
1: we waived inspections. We, again, I had to get them really tight on their closing date. I had to get the mortgage guy to agree to a 30 day closing. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, I mean, luckily the property had already had a home inspection on it. Cause it's not anything that I ever write into any of my contracts, but. Um,
0: so anyone. Yeah, but
1: in that situation too, I mean, maybe you start telling your sellers to do a home inspection in advance, because again, they knew that they had to waive it, after they were given the information and that there were multiple offers so it's kind of an interesting strategy too but um yeah no it's, it's 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 again at the end of the day it all comes down to the inventory you know i mean i think i've been on two or three listing appointments yep. and, and and if i can get anybody on the market in the next two weeks like that's my goal before the spring market actually hits because there are buyers out there and there's just still such few properties um, to preview.
0: Anyone working with a buyer right now where the buyer comes to you and says, well, I'm waiting for a drop in prices. And you say, interesting, very, very interesting. Tell very interesting. me what price point you're in. And in any market they say, well, I'm at X price point and it happens to be the median price point of that market. As a real estate professional you need to educate them what's happening in these median price points right you can carve out phoenix and las vegas if you want to yeah but the far majority of towns across america in the median price points are not seeing any adjustments on those home values in fact as we sit here the first 10 days of january 2023 we're seeing multiple offers on well-priced median priced homes we're seeing People go up and over asking price. And this is like a la first quarter 2022. It's happening again. And it's happening with double the interest rate rate of right. first quarter 2022. So your demand, your competition out there as a buyer in the median price point is significant. We want to talk luxury. Yeah. We want to talk about that, the middle, you know, between median and the ultra luxury, that that middle area, whatever it is for your town. You might see some, you might see some price adjustments there, depending on location. But Nicole, per, sure. uh, per the last existing home sales report, we have 1.14 million homes for sale right now. Yep. Historically, the U.S. is between two and two and a half million. Historically, two and a two to two and a half, which is normal. During the height of the housing bubble years, we had four million. Uh, right now, we're on the cusp of breaking under a million total active listings. If this happens in 2023, it'll be only the second time in recent history that this has even occurred we are continuing to be at an inventory crisis while 2 out of 5 people according to the UBS survey are saying they want to buy a house this year uh, i don't see how median home price values go anywhere i'm going to continue to say it uh, the cold war that i predicted last year continues to impact this issue this sure. inventory issue yep. and continues to keep home values at median price points up Everybody on TikTok and Twitter saying it's going to be a 10 to 20% drop when we're talking median price points does not know what they're talking about. They're the biggest racket. And that's what I got to say about that.
1: All right. Ready for left, middle, right? I'm ready. Let's do it. You want to do your little Left, middle, right.
0: The headlines in politics as they relate to our environment here in this country that real estate agents and entrepreneurs need to know about right now
1: all right so the first one is fox business u.s real estate has monumental opportunity to solve housing crisis in 2023
0: yeah so on the first hot sheet on monday i covered this the compass going out and basically subleasing 89,000 square feet in their headquarters in new york city elon musk and twitter not paying their their rent in san francisco san francisco having 26 percent of their commercial space sitting vacant right now, that number is expected to increase. okay. So uh, Alexandria real estate's Joel Marcus says that he's got a cure for this office space issue, this vacant office space issue. He says that nine hundred and ninety six million square feet of office space ready for is ready for housing development, okay? So mm-hmm. that he believes taking this office space, turning it into housing because we just talked, Nicole, about the inventory issues, right? Okay, we've got all this empty office space. Let's turn that into housing, okay? Um, with the new year comes new opportunities. This developer uh, and CEO says that this is untapped potential in the sector that could uh, really help investors in real estate. And it could solve this affordability issue mm-hmm. and the in- inventory issue that we just spoke of. Uh, this is a monumental opportunity. Uh, it would take the country uh, out of older uh, you know office buildings and and turn it into housing okay so you got 996 million square feet uh to account for San Francisco obviously is leading the charge in empty office space many believe this will continue to get worse Elon tweeted such uh just yesterday while rates for 30-year mortgages um, are falling over the over the last week home prices are now 2.5 percent below their spring 2022 peak so overall prices have come down. Uh, and it goes on to just talk about you know, this opportunity. I think there's a lot of challenges in doing that. A lot of these office buildings aren't necessarily set up for just to convert quickly over kitchens and such. It, it, it would take a substantial redevelopment of these buildings. Uh, I think a smaller building might well, uh, let, let me take, walk that back a skyscraper. Maybe you have enough scale to be able to do this. Uh, a smaller office building might be a little bit easier on the construction. Yeah, uh, I don't know how affordable it would be because Nicole, a lot of these commercial buildings, they already have debt on the property.
1: Right. Okay. Yep. So now
0: you got to go redevelopment and, and sell it. Are you really selling these at an, at an affordable rate?
1: Well, then you have to get towns though, to agree, to allow you to potentially change. The, the, your ability to even do that—that that was the biggest problem, even here in the Northeast. Some um, malls were trying to change, right? Uh, their zoning into condos, and the town was saying, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, that is not happening." Um, we're,
0: we're really just talking about one type of product, obviously condos or apartments. To yeah. me, they would the if this, you know, catches, it becomes a trend. Yeah. Then the majority of these become apartments, right? Which is not good for more home ownership you know that we already have a home ownership on the decline people are obviously getting priced out and all of yeah. that kind of stuff so uh this would be beneficial to people that want to rent units but not necessarily home ownership okay uh what do we got for number two
1: um it's funny because i was looking for i think your sister shared us an article about building for rent they're calling it BFR. It's interesting. I've been seeing that a lot in Fairfield County too. It just made me think of that okay, That's anyway. happening
0: all the time. If, yeah, if people are building in 23. They are building for rent.
1: I have to Be- show you this too because they're 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 marketing as it being as it being a multi generational like mm. complex. They're like single family units, but they're joint by like garages. I don't know. It's really interesting. I'll have to send it to you. But sorry. And- I I digress. Okay. So the next one, uh, Fox business again, you've been, you were hot on the topic today. Uh, JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon, more optimistic is it diamond. I was going back and forth on that diamond more optimistic on us consumer.
0: Yeah. He says certainly, uh, uncertainty is heightened due to Russia, Ukraine, oil, energy, food, quantitative tightening. Okay. He's optimistic on the consumer, but those would be the arguments against the consumer. Uh, to me, the biggest argument against the consumer, and you can you can find articles on this everywhere, is the fact that the consumers racked up more credit card debt over the last six months than at any point in the last three years. Consumer debt is at an all-time rise. There is an astonishing amount of people racking up the credit card because they got used to that hit in 2020 and 2021 of all this, you know, cheap money in the Mm -hmm. system or free money in the system. Yeah. And they just can't get off of that, that memory of like having money and buying stuff. And so they're going to the credit card and, you know, things will kind of work out into the future. Uh, To me, because of that, I'm less optimistic about the consumer this year, unless we can get, you know, some of these rates down and inflation in a really, really positive spot. We're still at 7%. We need to be at 2%. So I'm less confident in the consumer uh, based on debt. As a real estate professional, I'd be having conversations around payments as you know these mortgage rates continue to fluctuate and making sure the person truly understands what they're going into you know, it might make sense to go a little bit 15 minutes out from where you were thinking about buying so that you can have a more affordable option. Uh, If you've got credit card debt and you're going into a higher mortgage payment, I fear for some of those people long term, uh, obviously with the jobs market, all of that kind of remains to be seen what ultimately happens. But all right, there we go, Nicole. That's what we've got for this week's real word. On this week's walkthrough on Thursday, Nicole, you're making your first appearance on the walkthrough. We've been begging you to come on for begging
1: me. We've been begging. I've weeks. been saying no. I've been saying no. I've been, been fighting busy.
0: it. Now you're finally coming on. Yes. And I we have also no have... idea
1: what to expect. I don't know. Like it sounds like it's gonna it's like a like a like a a little bit of a like a matchup. Are we matching up? Is it like
0: So Matt Leonetti's coming on for his first time on the walkthrough? Yeah, you've got so... Eric and Matt Leonetti over Ask Pod, and you've got, of course, you the and real I. Real
1: word here. Yeah. The real
0: word pod. And yeah, we're going to do a little bit of, uh, you know, which pod is better. So if you enjoy The Real Word, make sure you tune into the walkthrough on Thursday. That usually goes up at 5 p.m. Eastern and support Nicole and I in the comments. We're going to be looking for people to say, yeah, The Real Word is a better podcast than Overask, despite the fact that they won the Innovator Award this year from Inman. Ridiculous. We've been two-time finalists, of course, uh, despite the fact that, Nicole, I think we get more I think we get more views and comments typically, but you know, we'll talk about that on the walkthrough. Let us know, jump up the comments for us if you've been a follower of the real world for a long time on the walkthrough. Looking forward to doing that with you, Nicole. And we'll see you guys back here next week on the real world. See you guys.
1: This is real.